Let's just uh, bow our heads in prayer and let's prepare ourselves uh, to hear the word of the Lord. Lord, we thank you that God, as uh, we can hear from your word, and we thank you for the Old Testament kings, the first three kings, King Saul, King David, King Solomon. I pray that God, today as we end this series here, we will learn from King Solomon and learn from you also, Lord Jesus Christ. Will prepare our hearts and may you also empower and strengthen me as I share forth your word. I pray that God, well, we will look to you, Father, to protect our hearts and to guard our hearts. And we thank you in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Well, we, um, several months ago, we started on this series, the tale, A Tale of Three Kings. We cover the three kings, King Saul, King David, and then King Solomon. Today, it will be the last uh, sermon about King Solomon shunning a divided heart. As we have learned together, King Saul, he has totally no heart for the Lord. And then King David, he has is a man who after God's heart. And today we end with King Solomon. Why is he a man that is half heart towards the, uh, the Lord? And <clears throat> King Solomon is the man who started off very well. Very well indeed. Later I will, I will share with you. Unfortunately, he didn't end well. But his word, it was penned in the word of God, um, reminded us the importance of protecting our heart. I want to share with you uh, some of his writing here about King Solomon, how we can uh, protect our heart. This is what King Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 23 to 23 to 23. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are alive to those who find them, health to a man's whole body. Above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. Today we're going to learn about the heart. Um, Solomon said, guard your heart. Why? Because it's a wellspring of life. Centuries later, another prophet of God, came. His name is Jeremiah. He said something about the heart. You know what the Jeremiah said? The heart is deceitful. Above all else, it's hard to control. The heart is hard to control. And Solomon himself said this, the end of a good thing is better than the beginning. A good name is better than precious ointment the day of death than the day of one's birth. He talks about protecting the heart. He talks about having a good ending. Unfortunately, Solomon did not end well. Solomon's hearts went astray. What happened? What happened? So today I'm going to explore with you about the rise of Solomon, his good heart. Then we're going to talk about the declining part. Then we want to learn some lesson from him. You know, point us to our Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Let's look at Solomon's life, how he began. 
He have a good heart. First of all, he have a heart for God. And this is what um, the author of First King wrote about Solomon. It said here, Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David. All the decrees of the father's David. And then, if you look at some of the books that Solomon wrote, particularly the Songs of Solomon, or Song of Songs, it is a love song, romantic songs about courtship and marriage. It's about uh, lovers. At the same time, it also depicts Christ's love for the church, God's love for His people. If you read that, that, that particular book, you will see the love that uh, God has, and He discovered this love. How? Because He loved God. So he started off with a good heart. He loved the Lord. And then he also had a heart for the people of God. When God appeared to him, God asked him, what do you want? Dr. Raj shared with us, he asked for one thing, not for personal gain, not for long life, not for wealth, not for the death of his enemies. He asked for what? Wisdom to govern God's people. Wisdom. And his desire was granted. He had a good heart for people. And next, he also had a heart of wisdom because God gave him that wisdom. Listen to what um, was described about Solomon's heart of wisdom. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight, a breath of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. He spoke 3,000 proverbs. His songs numbered a thousand and five. He spoke about plant life, from the cedars of Lebanon to the hyssops that grows out of walls. He spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish from all nations. People came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who have heard of his wisdom. And there was one queen, queen of Sheba, queen of the south, came all the way to listen and to learn from Solomon. Solomon was indeed a wise man. Do you know how many books Solomon wrote in the Old Testament? How many books? At least three and a half. He wrote most of the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Songs. And he even wrote three, uh, two Psalms, Psalms 27, uh, Psalm 72 and Psalm 127. And if you look at his writing, you see, he's really a man full of wisdom. He observed the nature. He learned a lot about the nature, and the nature pointed him to God. And even wrote a philosophical book, the book of Ecclesiastes, where inside the book he mentioned he devoted himself to study, he gained knowledge, he tests himself with all kinds of pleasure in the world. And then he understood, he undertook a lot of great projects, a lot of works, and he enjoyed all the world's riches. And he came to this conclusion that if you take God out of the picture of all these enjoyments, everything is meaningless. Therefore, he ended up with these conclusions. He said this, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God, obey His commands. For this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good 
or bad. He came to this conclusion, having enjoyed and embarked in all these things. He came to this conclusion, fear the Lord. Take away God, life is meaningless. And then he have a heart of prayer, not just a heart of wisdom, he have a heart of prayer. Solomon will be remembered as the king who built the temple of God so that people can seek God. And he was on fire for God. He built, he built the temple. And if you look at the prayer, as last week, um, Pastor Jonathan Teo has shared with us, I want to just highlight, if you look at the prayer of Solomon, you see his heart towards God, towards prayer. He realized that God is so great. He was so humble before the Lord. He said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven and on earth. You who kept your covenant of love with your servants, who continue wholeheartedly in your way. But will God really dwell on earth with humans? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple that I have built. Yet, Lord, my God, give attention to your servant's prayer. And his plead for mercy. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence. You see his humble heart towards the Lord. He built the temple. And then later on, he prayed this. He said, God, when your people, when they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them, and you give them over to the enemy, you exile them, and they, they have a change of heart, and if they repent and plead with you, if they turn back to you and they pray towards the city of Jerusalem, they pray towards this temple that I have built in your name, then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their pleads and uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. It's just a humble heart of prayer. He's a man of prayer. And guess what? God answered him. This is how God answered. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, God appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer. And I've chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. And this is the verse that we're going to anchor our seasons of prayer. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. And my eyes will open, my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there, will always be there. God sees his heart. God's rewarded or affirmed his heart. And then he have a heart for the nations. Solomon's name means shalom or peace. He make peace. He make treaties with people. Unfortunately, the way he made treaties uh, is the, it's a worldly way. He married their daughters, so many of them. He made uh, marriage alliances, started with uh, uh, the daughter of Pharaoh. And then he built the temple, seven years he took, and then he built his own palace, 13 years he built his own palace. He made alliances with the people around. And he gained great wealth. 666 
talents of gold each year. Today's term probably come up to 1.6 billion. That's how much money he gained. That's Solomon's good heart. And the last part is very interesting. God's heart towards Solomon. God has such a soft heart towards Solomon. If you know Solomon, uh, his parents, he's resulted from his father's adulterous affair. His father is David, adulterous affair with Bathsheba. Okay? Because of the affair, the child uh, uh, died and then Bathsheba was very sad. And then David slept with Bathsheba and out came Solomon. Solomon, uh, David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child. God loved this guy. And sent word through Nathan the prophet. And they should name him Jedediah. Another name means what? Beloved of the Lord, as the Lord commanded. He has such special favour from God. You look at the life of David. There's no mention about God personally revealed himself to David. No mention. But David had a close walk with God, but there was no a direct appearance of the Lord. But Solomon, God appeared to him twice. First time, God asked him, what do you need? What do you want? He asked for wisdom. Second time, when he dedicated the temple, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. See this here. The temple of the Lord was filled with cloud. The glory of the Lord. The priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. The glory of the Lord filled the temple. God revealed to him the second time. He's seen God's glory. Such supernatural encounter. So if you look at Solomon's life, he has so much for him. He begins well. He has such a good heart for God, for his people, wisdom, prayer, everything you want. If this were to describe your life, most of us will say, yes, I want this kind of life. Such good heart, such wisdom, such knowledge, such supernatural encounter with God. But he did not end well. What went wrong? What went wrong? If a person like Solomon gained such favour from God and yet can go wrong, I believe God has something for us to learn today from the heart of Solomon because our heart is a wellspring of life. At the same time, our heart is very deceitful. Deceitful. Let's look at Solomon's uh, declining heart. This is what the Word of God said about Solomon's subsequently. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. Maobites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord have told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them and loved. He has 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines that his wife led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wife turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. 
he followed. Does it mention? Okay. The next one. He followed Ashroth, the goddess of Sidonians, Molech, the detestable god of Ebonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely, as David his father had done. If you look at Solomon's life, you will realize that the decline did not happen at the end. Right from the beginning, there is already a gradual decline. And it didn't happen overnight. And then, not that the de- because of Solomon's wisdom, the decline did not happen be- out of his knowledge. He knew he is going down, but yet he still continued. He knew he was going down. Later, I will share with you what happened. First of all, I think he had this an entitlement heart. Entitlement heart. He must have thought, since I'm favoured of God, since I love God, since I'm wise, since I'm a king, I built the temple of God. I've understood human's heart. I've built the nation's I've done all these things for the good of the nations. I deserve something more. Or I deserve an exception. Entitled heart. God is forgiving. Maybe God will understand. Maybe God will overlook my mistake. As a king, he has to copy the book of Deuteronomy. And the book of Deuteronomy mentions specifically about do not marry those other uh, foreign wives because they will lead his heart. So he talks about do not accumulate horses for themselves or chariots for themselves. He knew all these things, but yet he looked at the immediate and then he felt that, no, I think I'm entitled to it. I'm entitled to it. Why did I say that he knew that he was going down? Look at the next verse. When he married Pharaoh's daughter, Solomon bought, brought Pharaoh's daughter, that's the first wife, uh, a marriage alliance, from the city of David, just Jerusalem, to the palace he had built for her. For he said, My wife must not live in the palace of David, king of Israel, because the places the ark of the Lord has entered are holy. He knew he had to build a separate palace for his wife. Cannot too near God's temple. Why? God's temple is holy. His wife is unholy. Unholy cannot mix with that. But yet, he still do it. Why? Because he felt that I deserve an exception. I have done so much for God. Surely, I deserve it. I deserve it. In the same way also, sometimes we can do that. God I gave so much money for you. God, I served so much for you. God, I have worked with you for so long. God, I have worked so hard for this company. I deserve an exception. I deserve it. And then we give ourselves entitlement. And then the Chinese call it the Lao Yu Tiao syndrome. You become that you felt that, no, I have no enough. I think I deserve something. I can pamper myself. And that's what Solomon did right from the beginning. After he built the temple of God, he began to spend a lot of time spending, he spent seven years to build temple of God. You know how many years he spent to build his own palace? 
13 years. Almost double the time. He felt he, since I've sacrificed so much for God, I'm entitled some leeway. So that's most probably one of the down, declining downfall, the entitlement heart. The second one, I think it is the moderate heart. Okay? He started off very on, xiao on for God. He built the temple of God. He excited about God. But subsequently, if you look at Chronicles and Kings, no more. No more mentioning about any spiritual things that Solomon have done, except for the temple and also some of the books that he wrote. No more mentioning about that. All the way down. He began to take the middle ground. He said, chill lah. I get so excited about God. Chill. Sometimes this can happen to us. As students, as a you, we are on fire for God. When you reach a certain age, you say, Hello, I've seen a lot of things under the sun. Chill, chill, just stay there. Why go and celebrate Christmas at Teban Garden? Church not enough. Ah. Why are you going so much trouble go to the Teban Garden? Why go in basketball court some more? Hot some more. Hello. Enjoy aircon. Stay here. Why are, we, why are you going to rock the boat? Why are you going, going, going to push the limit so much? Next year, you cannot celebrate there. Why are you going to do so much at Teban Garden? Why are you going to help these people? Why are you going to get ourselves into trouble by helping the migrant workers? Why are you going to share the gospel with people? Chill. Just come to church. Stay still. I'm old. I've done enough. Chill. Let's be moderate. Lah. He knew a lot. He's a man of wisdom. He can see through things. He explained a lot of things. He explained the heart. He explained a lot of things. He's very wise. But after a while, he said, Hello, chill, chill. Let's, let's take the moderate ground. Don't be too on for the Lord. Let's chill. And let it be okay. And because he began to take the middle ground and he began to... Um, have this entitlement heart leads him to the last one, which is the wandering heart. God has created our heart to be drawn to something bigger or something outside ourselves. Our heart are meant to be captured by something. If it's not God, then it will be replaced by something else. At first, it was God. Solomon himself who wrote, keep your heart with all diligence from out of it, the wellspring of life. But later on, something else replaces his heart. Idols. For him, the idols are the affections of women, wealth, security, as well as um, power. Listen to what was said about Solomon. Solomon grew old. His wives turned his heart after other God. And his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord of God, as the heart of David his father had been. Something took his heart, his affection, his allegiance for God changed. And he let other things take over. Listen to how he described the way his relationship 
uh, with the foreign women, so many of them, I don't know how he can have such a big heart for how many? 300 and then 700. Solomon loved many foreign women, not just one, many. And then next one, last part, last part there, nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. In love. He was seeking for the pleasure, the love, the relationship. These things took over him. It started off with Pharaoh's daughter. He didn't totally abandon Jehovah God. He just compromised and added more and more. Later on, he placed his security on his chariots, on his riches, and everything. And if you read on just now, I've read on, he began to worship other gods. And these gods are very detestable gods. Ashtaroth, these are goddess of sex and fertility. Licentious rites. And then another one, same thing. <clears throat> uh, Molech, involved in human sacrifices. And then Chemos, another god who is also cruel and licentious. He began to build high places for them. So you look at Solomon's declining heart. It makes us, uh, help us to, to be careful about our own heart. Do we sometimes do that? Other thing takes over the allegiance over our heart. It could be relationship. It could be pleasure. It could be, maybe I want to just have an easy life. Don't rock the boat so much. Or maybe riches, maybe power. Something else begins to take over God's place. And then you begin to worship these things and turn away from God. It could be started from a heart that's entitled. Entitlement. I deserve a break. Or a heart that is very moderate. Don't be so on for the Lord. And as a result, his heart was turned away. And big consequences on Solomon. Subsequently, you read, after Solomon, the kingdom of Israel was divided. Was divided. Later, there was civil war. Ten tribes from the north break away from the two tribes from the south. And then they became two. Then there was external adversary and internal adversary. God raised up this. And if you look at Solomon's life, compared to David, there was no mentions of repentance. Can you remember Solomon's prayer at the temple? What did he say? People will sin. And if I sin, and if people of God sin, they come to you, they ask for repentance, God forgive. Solomon knew he had sinned against God, but there was no signs of repentance. No mentions. He did not turn back to God. So, how can we protect our heart? I'd like to end by asking us to consider our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Look at what was written about our Lord Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 11. For as Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The king of the south, king of Sheba, will rise at judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. But something greater than Solomon is here. Why? 
Is Jesus greater or wiser than Solomon? Why? Jesus protected his heart. He committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. They hurled their insults at him. He did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who, just, who judges justly. Jesus Christ has this entitlement because he's been a king, he's a lord. When he was insulted, he could have said, yes, I'm, I can retaliate, but he did not. He did not retaliate. He went all the way, sacrificed, suffered for you and I. If you look at the temptation of our Lord Jesus Christ, Satan tempted him to take the easy way out. Bow down to me, I'll give you the kingdom. Jesus Christ refused. He protected his heart. He said, no, I only worship the Lord. And then he, because of his purity, he went all the way to the cross to cleanse our heart. It said here, just think how much more surely the blood of Christ will transform your hearts, your lives and your hearts. His sacrifice frees us from the worry of having to obey the old rules and make us want to serve the living God. For by the help of eternal Holy Spirit, Christ willingly gave himself to God to die for our sins. He being perfect without sin or fault. Because of Christ's perfections, because of Christ's purity, he went all the way, he protected his heart, and he died and sacrificed for us. Heart can be pure. So the way to protect our heart is regularly to come to Jesus and to remember to come for Jesus for the cleansing of our heart, to come to the example of our Lord Jesus Christ so that our heart do not wander, our heart do not say, no, I'm entitled to this, our heart to continually to be zealous for Him. And that's how we can protect our hearts. And today, I don't know where is your heart. God say protect us. The life of Solomon is a good example for us. No matter how high we are, there's a possibility we might fall. And the way to protect it is to continue to consider our Lord Jesus Christ and ask Him to cleanse us, ask Him to protect. Let Him be the main allegiance of our heart. Let us just bow our heads together. Invite the musicians Today, ask the Lord to search your heart. Where is your heart? Is it wandering away towards other things rather than God? Has it turned cold where you take the path of moderations? Or is it a heart that has felt that maybe you deserve some entitlement after all these years of sacrificing? God say, protect your heart.
Let your heart be fully allegiance. Give your full allegiance to Christ alone. Only He can satisfy the longing deep down. Only Him, because of His sacrifice, can make our hearts clean. Only Him is deserving of our allegiance. So today, I'd like to invite you. I'd like to leave the altar open. If today you felt that your heart has been wandering and you want the Lord Jesus Christ just to redirect your heart back to Him, I invite you to come forward as we worship the Lord. I'll leave the altar open. rise as we sing the song Once again, I thank you. Once again. 
once again, I want to just leave the altar open if you want the Lord to come and to cleanse your heart and say, Lord, direct my heart fully loyal to you and you alone. Let nothing else take place. No other things can come. But I'm fully devoted to you. And you want the Lord to, to come, to protect you, cleanse your heart, to renew your heart. Please come forward. Again, I look upon the cross where you die. I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again, I thank you. Once again, I pour out my life. Once again, once again, I look upon the cross where you Humbled by your mercy And I'm broken inside Once again I thank you Once again I pour my life Thank you for the cross 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 My friend Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you.
for your reminder how deceitful our heart can be. How, Lord, we, we will compromise, we will tell ourselves it's okay, we will deceive ourselves with a lot of things. Oh, Lord, Father, today may you remind us that we constantly need to examine our hearts. And we thank you that, Lord, we have you, Lord Jesus Christ, as a model, one who protected his heart, one who gave his heart fully, fully 
to do what God have done for us, one who went all the way to die on the cross to cleanse our hearts. Oh Lord, today, Father, you renew our hearts again. Help us, Father. Let us not give our hearts to other things that will only temporarily satisfy us but will not permanently satisfy us. I pray that our hearts only be given to you, Father. Let you cover us. Let you be our only love. And I pray that God, this uh, year-end seasons will give our hearts to you, Father. And that God, we will share forth your love through our hearts to the people around us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for meeting with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen.